0: Welcome to Your Health, New Hampshire, right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And today, we welcome back Natanga Jean Didier. Thank you, Ken, well, for having what would you, me. What grade would you give me today on, oh, on your pronunciation?
1: That is a 10 out of 10. Oh,
0: okay. Pro-fit. Oh, all right. Yeah, Very good. Let yeah. me try the next two names. We have uh, Laurie Shabbat in studio, who has been a nurse at uh, Exeter Hospital since 1983, and Wendy Lennon who has also been a nurse at uh, Exeter Hospital but uh, has been affiliated with the hospital and in the healthcare field since uh, 1986. So we welcome uh, Wendy and Lori to the show today. Great to have you with us.
2: Thank you so much. We're happy to be here.
0: Well, terrific. And today uh, we are talking about advanced care planning and creating an advanced directive. So during the the next hour that we have here on Your Health, New Hampshire, we're going to sort all that out and hopefully dispense some uh, terrific uh, information. So, uh, Natanga, you know you're a radio veteran now. Uh, why don't you take over here and ask uh, ask question number one or or, or present our, our first topic of the day? Absolutely,
1: and I I think a great way to start is to you know, to go over introductions so we can have, you know, Wendy and mm-hmm. Laurie introduce themselves. And yep. then from there on, we can, you know, get into advanced care planning and you create, are getting good. I'll you, tell know, you. creating yeah. advanced, uh, advanced directive. So Lori, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to us?
3: Sure, thank you again for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, again, my name is Lori Shabbat. I am a nurse. I started my career in 1978 at the Old Portsmouth Hospital up on the hill as a nursing assistant, and then graduated from UNH and went on to Philadelphia. I worked um, labor and delivery and in neonatal intensive care unit um, from 80 to 83, and then came to Exeter in 83. 83 to present, I'm the director of risk management and patient rights. And I have had the privilege over those years to engage with patients and families over very challenging situations. I'm very fortunate to assist with bringing babies into the world and then helping families and at the end of life as well, Um, both equally important. It always struck me that um, birth plans and a lot about birth, but not a lot about death. Um, So this is a great opportunity for us to talk about our last chapter and planning um, for that. So that's a little bit about me and and what I do in my background.
0: All right. and, And Wendy?
2: Hi. Thank you so much again. It's great to be here. So I'm Wendy Lannan, and um, my original educational background is as a clinical exercise physiologist. I got my bachelor's at UNH in 1987 and my master's at Northeastern University in Boston in 1990. And I've been in healthcare, specifically cardiac rehab and pulmonary rehab since 1986. I went back to school in um, to become a nurse and in 1998, I started working at Exeter Hospital in the cardiac rehab department um, as a combination nurse and exercise physiologist. And then I had an opportunity to transfer into our community education department. And I've been in that department since 2004, and I've been the manager of it since 2006. And so um, with community education and wellness, what we're trying to do is reach out to our community with classes and resources um, from spanning from prevention um, and wellness, to chronic disease management and all the way through to um, education around end-of-life resources and advanced care planning. And I've had um, the opportunity to collaborate with Lori over the years on advanced care planning and advanced directives initiatives for our hospital system, including our community outreach for National Healthcare Decisions Day, which we'll talk about a little bit more um, a little later. But just with that idea of, you know, getting people to know that these conversations about end-of-life care are so important and for us to really be thinking about our goals and our values and how we can translate that into something that um, becomes our advanced directive for, again, that end of life plan that Lori described. We have so many plans throughout our lifespan, and very often we avoid that, that plan that really is just as important, if not more important, than any other plan. So that's why we're here.
0: Now, how did uh, Exeter Hospital, and uh, specifically uh, you, Wendy, and, and Lori, uh, get involved with the AHEC?
2: Well, that's a great question. So um, in 2010... Uh, States around the country received grant funding from the Administration on Aging to disseminate the Stanford University-developed Chronic Disease Self-Management Program. It was a national dissemination project, and Southern New Hampshire AHEC became the administrator of that grant for the state of New Hampshire and became the statewide license holder for this evidence-based program to help people with chronic conditions better self-manage their health and well-being. And so Exeter Hospital, through our community education department and my team, um, became a, a community partner with AHEC, um, as did other volunteer partners and health systems around the state, to bring this really important program to the state of New Hampshire. And we've been running the what we call the Better Choices, Better Health chronic disease self-management program since 2010. So um, AHEC is a great community partner with respect to providing these kinds of programs for people with chronic health conditions and other concerns, um, as well as providing education to healthcare professionals. So it's a great partnership. And um, at Exeter Hospital, we're all about community partners and, and improving the health of our community is our mission. And we do that in part with the partnerships that we create in the community.
0: So just so we, we get it straight, and, uh, Laura, you, you can uh, uh, respond to this, uh, what would you describe? What are chronic conditions?
3: So chronic conditions are processes that many Americans have, and those are like diabetes, blood um, pressure problems, heart failure. Those are some of the chronic diseases um, that we see and that really do complicate our lives.
1: Yeah. yeah, it has been it has been great working with, uh, you know, Exeter Hospital for, you know, the last couple of years. And, you know, Wendy, I mean, beautifully described, you know, a partnership between Southern Ames, AHAC, and Exeter Hospital. And we do pride ourselves to, you know, offer these great programs that, you know, benefit people. And, you know, the chronic disease workshops and the chronic pain and some of the other programs that we do offer, We we talked about some of these programs in our previous episodes. Uh, These are, you know, programs that are very important, and, you know, we do hope to continue to, you know, strengthening our partnerships and to continue to offer these great programs.
0: And uh, it it certainly impacts a a great percentage of our population, for sure.
1: Yes, and I think the
3: other thing that's really important that's changed over the years, we hear a lot of bad news and bad things but it's not hopeless to have a chronic disease any longer. So there's hope now. It used to be you live with it and do the best you can now with all of this partnership and all of the learning and growth that we've had. It's really very hopeful, and you can live a very, very um, engaged and a wonderful life with a chronic condition um, with all these supports.
2: Absolutely. Well said, Lori.
0: Yeah. So uh, we help uh, raise awareness here on, on the radio. But uh, how do how do people you know, get more information? What if someone listening right now is suffering from one of these uh, chronic conditions, chronic uh, diseases? Uh, what, what's the best thing for them uh, to do in terms of uh, care, treatment, what have you?
2: Well, to connect with the programs, there are a couple of options. They can go on the Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center website and um, click on uh, Better Choices, Better Health, and they'll learn more about that program. They'll also learn on that website about the other programs that AHEC offers, like Walk with Ease, for example, which is a virtual guided walking program, which is a great program to help people with, um, you know, any sort of physical concern uh, to just get moving in a, in a healthy and safe way. Um, and they can go on the Exeter Hospital website under our Community Education Service to learn when our next programs are being offered. Um, and that will provide them with the schedule of our upcoming workshops through Exeter Hospital. But the AHEC website is really a connection to find out um, where these programs are existing around the state because they really are the leaders of our New Hampshire chronic disease, self-management, Better Choices, Better Health Network.
0: Well, we're going to have to take a, a quick break right here, but uh, we'll get back and uh, talk more about uh, advanced care planning and uh, creating an advance directive. And we'll uh, touch on that when we return right here. It is Your Health New Hampshire right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that uh, focuses on wellness and health education. And we will continue right after these words on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Stay with us. Welcome back. This is Your Health, New Hampshire. It is presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, AHEC. And this is a program that focuses on wellness and health education. Happy to have with us in studio today, Lori Shabbat, who has been with the Exeter Hospital as a nurse since 1983. And Wendy Lannon joining us on the phone today from Exeter Hospital as well, and she has been with them since 1986, or at least in the healthcare field since 1986. And with us is the program coordinator at Southern New Hampshire AHEC, and that is Natanga Jean Didieu. Perfect. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying. I I am trying. So every everything these days has a day. You know, there's a day for everything. Right. And, and there is also a National Health Decision Day. Correct? National Health Care Decision Day. There is, yes. Which is right around the corner.
1: Yeah. A few yeah. days from today. April, April sixteen. April sixteenth. Yeah. It's not a Sunday, right? Yes it is.
0: So what what can you tell us about National uh, National Health Care Decision Day?
3: I can t- tell you a little bit that in 2008, this um, day was initiated, and it's an opportunity for us to all pause and to think about healthcare decisions. And so, this group gave us this day, and it's continued um, since 2008. It's a day again for us to think as families and individuals about our healthcare decisions. Um, again, sometimes it's a difficult thing to um, talk about. It's interesting because, um, of course, my field kind of initiated my three daughters. When they turned 18, they were the first ones at their pediatrician to complete their advanced directives. And it's interesting, in New Hampshire, one of the largest groups of people that become incapacitated, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that means in advanced care, why you need these documents, um, is the 18 to 27-year-old individual who may become in, uh, unavailable to speak and come incapacitated and um, family has to speak for them. So the advanced care planning documents that we talk a lot about around National Health Care Decisions Day give those directives to their loved ones to say, this is what I want if I'm asleep and I can't speak or I'm incapacitated. So we're, we use National Health Care Decisions Day again to start with the children. So even our pediatricians are using that date as kids start to become 16, 17, 18, we sometimes think of it as older people right, um, right. that right. at the end of life, but really, uh, my children were able to tell me things that I wouldn't have known about them and what they would want me to do if they were at college, and I know they weren't going to take a drink, but if they did take a drink and they became in the state and the hospital or healthcare provider called me, I would be able to pull that paper out and read what they, what they wanted. And that's really what it is. It's um, your decisions and your ability to tell others. So it's not that the loved ones get to decide what they think they would have wanted. So that's the whole difference here is spending that time telling each other what it is we would want you to do in this case, this case, this case. It's not a one-time conversation. It's a little bit much to even think mm. about it. But when you put your head on the pillow at night, you kind of reflect over the day and what do I need to get done mm, for my family? I really need to tell them some of my wishes and what I want, want them to do because I know it would be so painful for my mother, my father, my siblings to have to decide not knowing what I would want. So that's what this day is, is to pause and it's for everyone and no matter what your age is. And it's fluid. Um, so that's why annually you could have the opportunity to pause and think, is it still what I want? Because sometimes we change, we learn more about what the options are, and we say, no, I wouldn't want that. I thought I wanted that, but now I don't. So that's why we're very, very happy to have that day to pause, we're all so busy, and we know we're gonna get to it, but if we put it on our calendars, um, we may take that opportunity. So that's a little bit about the National Healthcare Decisions Day. I kinda wish it was in the fall. When my family comes for Thanksgiving, they usually have a chore on their plate. Sometimes it's, um, you know, their medication list, but they always have their advanced care planning guide Mm -hmm. on the plate. And to say, even though this is April, around those times that we gather with family, can we talk a little bit about this and Mm -hmm. all commit to each other as a gift coming up for the holidays that we'll do our advanced care planning? It doesn't cost anything.
1: Yeah. Was there any reason why the day was specifically April 16? Was there any reason for that, or it was just?
3: It was just a day that was selected that I'm aware of. Was, when um, Nathan him from um, the, the group that started it, I don't believe there was a specific reason. I would like to think it's spring, another start, right? We always right. want to do our spring cleaning get our books together, do our taxes. So it's the day after tax day. So we have that behind us, and now we look forward to the year ahead, what we're going to do for our deductions, what we're going to do for our goals and before busy summer. So I always thought of it as that, a spring cleaning.
0: And and maybe you and and Wendy both can uh, address this. What is contained on an advance directive? It must be uh, fairly detailed.
2: Right. Well, there um, in New Hampshire, an advanced directive is defined as a legal document that contains two parts the durable power of attorney for health care and the living will. And we can go into the details around that, and certainly, Lori, I would want you to chime in. Um, but the durable power of attorney for health care names your health care agent who would speak for you if you are no longer able to speak for yourself. If you're incapacitated, meaning that you um, do not understand the uh, risks and benefits of a given medical decision, um, that you're no longer able to reason um, and and understand what is happening to you, Um, it could be that you're incapacitated due to being unconscious, whether it be temporarily unconscious or permanently unconscious. Um, and the durable power of attorney for healthcare in naming that agent is really naming a person of your choosing who you feel knows you well and would be able to speak as if they were you. And I'd like to back up a little bit from here and go back to what Lori was talking about with respect to the importance of the conversation. Having those conversations with our family members, friends, anybody who's important in our lives is a key piece of this, and in particular, a key piece in helping us determine who our healthcare agent is that we would want to name in our durable power of attorney for healthcare. Um, it's really this dynamic process where we really do the advanced care planning, the planning piece, thinking about what our values and our goals are, talking about those values and goals and how they translate into our health care wishes and decisions with the people who are important to us. And then among that group, who would be the person that would best be um, fit to speak for us? And it really, I can't emphasize this enough. That healthcare agent needs to speak as if they are ourselves. In other words, my healthcare agent needs to make decisions as if that person were Wendy Lannan, not making the decisions based on, as Lori alluded to, what they think I might want or what they want. But because I have talked to my healthcare agent at length, and I know that that person is going to be able to make the tough decisions on my behalf if I'm no longer able to do that, that that's really what their role is. And so, in that durable power of attorney for healthcare, we are naming that person from a legal standpoint. And then um, that person is able to make any healthcare decision on our behalf with some legal exceptions, um, and anything that we wouldn't want them to do on our behalf, we can add to that document. But um, really it comes down to the importance of the thinking about what our goals and our values are, talking about them, and then using that background of those conversations to inform the legal documents known as our advance directives. So um, I could certainly turn it over to Lori to add to that or to talk about what the living will is. Um, but I think, you know, having those conversations as the backbone of all of this is where we're coming from, and that's why National Healthcare Decisions Day as an observance is so important. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And Wendy, I was, I was about to ask a follow-up question before maybe, Laurie, you sure. you, know, you add on to this. Uh, who, do I have the option to change the person you know, if, I don't know, a couple months from today or a couple years from today, I decide that I no longer want you know, the mm-hmm. same person? To make these decisions, do I have the option to select yeah. someone else? Yes,
2: absolutely. Um, the the thing about the advanced directives is that um, they do not expire, but you can change them whenever you want. And again, that goes back to what Lori said. You know, really doing this in a in a it, it's fluid. Our, our our wishes and decisions may change. Right. And Natanga to your point, the person that we name as our healthcare agent, we may want to change that. What we would need to do is create a whole new legal document to create those changes, have the previous document destroyed and then have that new document shared. And I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I know Lori would want to chime in that our documents need to go to our healthcare agent, other loved ones, and all of our healthcare providers, our primary care physician, our specialists, our hospitals, our clinics, anywhere where we receive care. So in the event that somebody wants to change their advance directive, yes, they certainly can. They need to make a new document, execute that document, and make sure it gets to all of those different places where their previous document was. And I know um, a little later we'll talk about you know more details around um, executing those documents.
0: Well, we have to take a quick break, and we will get right back into that uh, following these messages. This is Your Health New Hampshire, and it is presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that uh, focuses on wellness and health education and uh, we are being thoroughly educated today in advance care planning and creating an advance directive and it's something that uh, uh, most of us should be thinking about if we haven't thought about it already and we will uh, continue on this topic when we continue right here on WKXL and NHtalkradio.com. We welcome you back to Your Health, New Hampshire, here on WKXL and HTalkRadio.com, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This program focuses on wellness and health education, and we are certainly being educated today. Uh, joining us uh, in studio, Lori Shabbat, who has been a nurse at Exeter Hospital since 1983. And uh, Wendy Lannon is on the phone with us today. A uh, she has been in the healthcare field since 1986, so certainly two ladies with a great deal of experience in these areas. And also in studio with us, as always, the uh, program director at Southern New Hampshire AHEC, and that's Natanga Jean Dedieu. So yeah. take it away, Natanga. All right. So I guess the, the perfect question to start
1: with, uh, Lori, can you talk to us about completing an advanced, uh, advanced directive? And what happens when you do and when you don't?
3: Yes, I'd be happy to. So, one of the key things we're very lucky we live in New Hampshire, uh, live free or die. We have state legislation around protections with advanced directives, as well as there's federal laws. Uh, so, New Hampshire on their website, if you just Google New Hampshire advanced directives, you would go to the Healthy Foundation communities and you would see the documents. They've made it even easier with new laws that now when you print it out, you're going to get ready to start to fill it in, you no longer need a notary. So now it's just two witnesses. One of the witnesses cannot be who's listed in the document. So you can get a neighbor, close friend to be the two witnesses to your signature. Then a lot of people like to do a page at a time, take one page, answer the questions, take a break. It's because it's a lot of thinking and thoughtfulness. The other thing I wanted to say about the advance directives is it's not required to receive health care treatment in New Hampshire. Um, it's optional. You, No matter what is in your advanced care planning, the team will still treat you with full dignity, full respect, and honor your wishes. Um, so some people are worried about that. If I fill one out, does that mean they won't care for me at the end of life? They'll just let me go or what, what would happen? And no, you get full treatment. This is, as we've talked about, identifying a person And sometimes it's best not to have a person too, too close because they're so emotionally involved that for them to try to separate themselves. So you have to spend some time thinking about who would be the best person that I can talk to and I can trust that they would say what I want. Not use the opportunity to say what they would want or that they have some type of other conflict because they want you to stay with us or another thing that may get in the way. So thinking about that person is very important. You can also name an alternate So if that person's not able, the second person can take over. So it can be one person. If that person is not willing, able to do it, the second person. Or you can put two people to uh, co-manage. That's sometimes a little bit more difficult. So primary agent and a secondary agent. Then throughout the document, there are lines where you can fill in special messages about certain things you would want. Um, We've seen things like if um, I have to be in the ICU and I'm incapacitated for a period of time, could I have my favorite blanket be placed there? Special messages are really, really helpful if things that bring you comfort. Um, Even if we believe you're not conscious or able to speak, you may feel those things around you. So listing those things, and that's really helpful to an agent because it's very um, concrete. Mm -hmm. I can get that special blanket or that special music or that special fragrance. Things like that can be written in all through the document. The more messages, um, the better, because even they're going to have these conversations with the agent written down so they think, I can't remember what she said. We've also seen people fill out the advance care plan and then not tell the agent that they're the power of attorney. So we call, and that's the, oh, I am. And so then we know they probably haven't had a lot of conversation, but sometimes they say, yes, she did tell me once that if she was going to be a burden to her family, she wouldn't want that. So that's somewhat helpful. The deeper the conversations can get, and again, that layered over time, the more deeply that agent can learn and be that voice, as Wendy said, when you're not able to speak, that's really their job. The living will, too, is a directive. So it doesn't require the power of attorney to make a decision. It's written right in the living will what you would want if certain things um, happened. A lot of um patients and families counsel with their pastor, their priest, their religious beliefs to see throughout that document are there things that are contrary or that I would want to include because of my religious beliefs um, and so that's always very helpful
0: It, it sounds to me as if you uh, should be very well prepared before you go into this procedure, well, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you've you got to be thinking about some of these things that you want added. And it was very interesting, some of the things you mentioned, like a favorite blanket uh, in ICU or wherever it might be, or fragrance or, or you name it. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be thinking about these things ahead of time, because if you're under the, the pressure of doing it, you're probably – not going to think of uh, everything that you'd like to think of. Now, can they be amended? Could these documents be amended yes. all, all the time? Yeah. Yeah,
3: and yes. it's easy to revoke it. You can yeah. revoke it by tearing it up, putting an X mm-hmm. through it. You do want to remember where you left copies, so you want to keep the original with you give another copy to your power of attorney, primary care provider in the hospital of your choice, but then you want to make a list of where did I give those documents so if I change them I can go back and make sure they remove them from their system and I have the most accurate ones. Now with our phones, I encourage people to take a picture of the pages um, because if you don't have the documents with you and you're traveling, you know, we go to Florida, we go down to Boston, we, and something happens, it, it's at least a start that there's picture on the phone of the different pages. Um, and then you just have to remove that. And it's again, that's not a legal document, but it gives some guidance to the team um, how to start and where to begin. I think it's important to start looking through the document to start those thinking mm, processes yeah. um, and prompt some of those um, conversations. There's also lots of websites. How do I talk to my family about this? Every time I bring it up, they say I don't want to talk about it. How do I get past that? Lots of books, resources to help, um, and when it's too much, to pause and come back to it. Right.
1: Yeah. I guess, and uh, one of my th- one of my follow up questions, too that I was about to ask is, um, you know, how how easy and how convenient is it to fill out these documents? Because the complicated things are, you know, the less people tend to to care. Uh, So is there, you know, barriers when it comes to, you know, the language in these documents and filling them out?
3: Right. We do encourage um, patients and families in the community to call us. We have social workers available. We have um, community. Wendy's done several before covid community gatherings where we've had people in person and then sit with, um, with you to talk about that. But And a lot of times your library may have someone that can sit and talk to you, Healthcare provider offices. Um, but again, we spend a lot of time picking our car, picking our house, picking our law. Lo- we want to do the same for this, right? Really research and listen and get an expert um, to help us. Mostly it's writing down, even if you don't get in the right spot, what you would want if something happened to you and you weren't able to speak.
0: You know, we mentioned before that uh, National Healthcare Decision Day is April 16th. Does that mean anything? I mean, is it just you know, so it's it's brought to light, or is it a, a deadline of some kind, or you or can you do this at any time?
2: You, you can ahead. do it any time. It's yeah. just simply an observance date to highlight the importance of this exact discussion that we're having. That okay. really starting to think about these things, thinking about what matters most to us. Um, What do we think about is um, what is our definition of quality of life? What is the kind of care that we would like to receive at the end of life? Who would we like to be with us? Where would we like to be? What would we want to have surrounding us? What kind of medical treatments do we want or not want? And so it's just simply um, an observance date, but this kind of thinking and discussion um, can take place at any time when people are ready.
0: So it's not a hard and fast date like April fifteenth, <laughs>
2: <laughs> or, or, or this
0: correct. year no. April eighteenth, but
2: <laughs> but correct.
0: but at any rate, so that I just wanted to make that clear for everybody that it's not a deadline. You can do this anytime. time. It just uh, brings it uh, into the spotlight a little bit, and maybe a good day to, since it is a Sunday, yeah. to set aside and uh, uh, talk to those mm-hmm. closest to you. about this yeah
3: you know as i said i encourage bring it to the book club bring it to when you're together with friends to raise the issue for everyone because again it's such a gift to your family it's torturous to them to be in the situation where they have no idea and there was no directive left for them so it is one of those things that um we really encourage everyone 18 and above to do we see now Life can end very quickly when you weren't expecting it. And if this is in place, or at the end of life, because the advance directive does die when you die. So it is for life. It ends, so some people think I'm still the power of attorney after, and that's uh, not the case. So it is for up till the end of life, and some people don't um, realize that. But we could be in a state due to some type of an accident or something, even when we're young. And again, if we have these, it's really a gift to your family.
0: No question about that. and We'll talk more about it coming up. We have to take this break. And uh, a very important topic today, advanced care planning and creating an advanced directive right here on WKXL on Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. And our program is one that uh, focuses on wellness and health education. And uh, we're trying to Educate the masses here today, here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, about this very, very important topic. And we hope that uh, you will uh, give it um, much serious consideration. We shall return. We have more coming up right after these words. It is Your Health New Hampshire here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. Stay with us. Welcome back. This is WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. The program you're listening to is Your Health, New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center, a program that focuses on wellness and health education. And uh, joining us in studio today... Is Laurie Shabbat, Laurie, a nurse at Exeter Hospital since 1983. And uh, Wendy Lannon also with us, who has been in the healthcare field since 1986. So I would say a lot of experience uh, between these two ladies. And uh, also with us today, the program coordinator at Southern New Hampshire AHEC, and that would be Natanga Jean. Did you?
1: Thank you, Ken. So Laurie, I have a question for you. If I am coming from out of state with my uh, advanced care planning, do do I need to update it, you know, in New Hampshire or is you know an advanced care planning from Massachusetts, you know, the same as the one we have in New Hampshire?
3: That's a good question. So we do see that with people traveling so much now all over the country that they may bring a document from another state and we do look at that document there is some reciprocity and that means that we will take that and look at it at, at the new hampshire hospital and for the most part we can glean what we need from it what i would say about whether or not you need to um, do new documents is if you're kind of come and stay For a length of time, it may be wise to do a New Hampshire document, but if you're lucky enough to be on an RV and you travel across the country or you visit friends quite often, you're in and out of different states, I would say bring your New Hampshire document with you to those different states and it will give the message to the healthcare team if unfortunately you need to visit them for a serious condition. So reciprocity is um, accepted throughout the country, the different states.
0: Very good. Yep. Good to know. And I know we touched on uh, you know a living will earlier in the program uh, today, but I'm sure there are still some people who are unclear about exactly what a living will is, and maybe uh, one of you two uh, could uh, could explain that for us.
2: Sure. This is Wendy, and I, I can definitely take that and. Um so the in as we had mentioned earlier in the state of New Hampshire, the advanced directive is a legal document in two parts. One part is the durable power of attorney for health care and the other is the living will. The living will is really um it's a very directive document. Lori had mentioned earlier that you're not naming anyone on the living will. What you're indicating on the living will is to provide guidance to um your agent your medical practitioners about your, Um, decisions about life-sustaining medical treatment if you become incapacitated and can't make your own decisions. So basically, it's a document that comes into play um, when a person is suffering from an advanced, life-limiting, incurable, progressive condition, and they are near the end of life, um, or perhaps they are unconscious with no hope of recovery. So it's in a very specific situation, and it indicates whether you want or do not want certain types of life-sustaining treatment. And I think it goes back to the individual's autonomy in be and able, being able to express their wishes. And we want to make sure people understand it's not just about what you don't want. It's also about what you do want. And so there are places where you can initial as well as additional lines or um, pages that you can attach to describe what you want and do not want um, when you are at the end of life, imminently dying, um unconscious, with no hope of recovery. That would be the living will. And then just to recap, the durable power of attorney for health care piece of the New Hampshire Advance Directive is the document in which you appoint or choose um, your healthcare agent who would speak for you in the event that you are incapacitated for whether temporarily or permanently and uh, cannot make your own healthcare decisions. And as Lori mentioned earlier, you appoint an agent. You can also list an alternate if the, if, if the first person um, isn't willing, able, or available. Um, and if you wish to have uh, more than one person. Make decisions, so maybe you might name several people and you want them to work collaboratively. You need to indicate that in your durable power of attorney for healthcare document, otherwise, they'll go from your um, initial appointed agent to the alternate agent. Um, and that's where you provide um, the authority and additional instructions to your healthcare agent as to the types of decisions um, that you prefer that they don't do, any limits or any additional instructions of what you want them to do in that document. So I hope that helps clarify. Does that, any, uh, do, do you guys feel like there's any further questions needed about that? Or Lori, do you want to chime in?
3: No, I think that answered about the two documents, and I would encourage everyone to print it, look online, become familiar with it, put it on your to-do list um, with a big box so that you can check it off. Well, I think we are making a difference across the country with this topic. I think it was very um, public many years ago. There were several young Women who became incapacitated, and there was a lot on TV about the the husband having one view and the parents having another mm-hmm. view, and spending their time in court trying to figure out whether to end life, stop feedings for certain individuals, and how sad that that was how that end came. That the two families, both um, believing they knew what she would have wanted, but if she had done this document, it would have saved that um stress and painful experience from both sides of the family so absolutely we, so again we don't see it as much so i'm hopeful that right. people are taking the time to talk to their loved ones even though it's difficult but there's no better time than this weekend uh, again yeah. on, with the beautiful sun even on the beach it can be a conversation and um paperwork that can be started
0: now, prior to that conversation, which is obviously very necessary, uh, you know, are there materials that you can look at to know what uh, what you're going to be asked or what topics are going to be uh, covered when you fill out the the documentation?
2: Yes, absolutely, um, and we we do want to share some really important resources for you. The first is a, an organization um, called the Conversation Project. So they have a great website theconversationproject.org. and their mission, as it says right across the top of their webpage, helping people share their wishes for care through the end of life. And they have free guides that you can download. They have a conversation starter guide for the general public, where it, it kind of helps you to, um, you know, operationalize, gives you kind of a step-by-step framework for how to have the conversation, questions that you can answer about your values and your goals. And, um, you know, things like try finishing this sentence, what matters to me through the end of my life is, and then you fill in the blank. It's literally a workbook. And it also gives you a place where you can plan your talk, who you want to talk with, when you want to do it icebreakers to get the conversation started. It really is a great resource, and they have other guides as well. Um, they have a What Matters to Me workbook, and that's for folks who have a serious life-limiting illness, and so the kinds of things they need to think about and the questions they need to answer and the topics to cover can be different than you know those of us who, who aren't at that place in life. Um, it gives guides for talking with your health care team, guides for caregivers of a child with serious illness, just a plethora of resources. And they also are um, sort of the owners now of the National Health Care Decisions Day um, observance. Mm-hmm. And so there's information about National Healthcare Decisions Day there as well. But the Conversation Project is a great resource for, you know, getting that, conversation started and helping us think about and and get these values and goals on paper and translate that into what that means for our wishes and decisions. And then Lori and I have been alluding to the New Hampshire Advanced Directive Forms, and folks can find that at the Foundation for Healthy Communities website, and that's at nh. Dot org, And you have a downloadable guide um, that has um, pages of information in the form of Q&A about advanced care planning and advanced directives, definitions of terms. And then in the center of that booklet, there are the two pages that are um, your, advanced, your your New Hampshire advanced directive um, documents that are constructed to meet The legal requirements of the New Hampshire advanced directive laws and that's what we were referring to when Lori said you know you can download it print it off read it through and then you can you can fill it out using these forms A, a lawyer isn't needed to complete an advanced directive Um, You can certainly consult with your lawyer if you have one and you feel comfortable with that, but the forms have been simplified, the language has been simplified to make it a lot easier, and with the additional um, information in the booklet as well as the resources um, that I mentioned before, that can really help you. And then finally, one last resource is that the um, American Bar Association has a consumer toolkit for healthcare advanced planning on their website um and that americanbar.org is their website and then what you want to do is look for consumer toolkit for healthcare advanced planning and it's just another resource with a variety of tools um that people can use to help guide their conversations um, and uh, understand what it means to be a healthcare agent. And those are sort of the general kind of guidelines. But to complete it here in the state of New Hampshire for New Hampshire residents or those who get their healthcare in New Hampshire, you'd want to go to Foundation for Healthy Communities to download the guide that has the New Hampshire statutory forms on it
0: well there's a lot of information out there that yeah. that is for sure and again just to repeat a couple uh, conversationproject.org uh, that has the icebreakers and i think the icebreakers may be one of the most important parts of uh, of that information
2: i agree sure. yeah, yep.
0: yeah sure. abso- absolutely and uh, healthynh.org uh, as well well ladies you you've been uh, terrific today what information you have provided in such a short amount of time, and hopefully we've uh, been able to shine a light on advanced care planning and creating uh, an advanced directive and talking about uh, living will as well with uh, Wendy Lannon and uh, Lori Shabbat. Thank you both. Uh, Thank you for having us. Very, Thank you very guys, much. Thanks for having us. And Natanga, as always, uh, great always. to have you with us. And uh, our program is Your Health New Hampshire, presented by Southern New Hampshire Area Health Education Center. This is a program that uh, focuses on wellness and health education. And uh, uh, we've had plenty of education here today and uh, a great program. Thank you. Uh, And uh, really, we uh, owe a debt of gratitude to both of you, Lori and Wendy. And you as well. And that's you as welcome. Oh, thank you. you. Thank welcome. you very much. We will see you next time right here on Your Health, New Hampshire. Thanks so much for being with us on WKXL and NHtalkradio.com.